What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Off and running on another episode of What's the Spread? That's what I'm talking about. We got Miles on sports and Mr. Brad Thomas bringing you the best bets in college football. Today is the Pac-12. Brad, how are we feeling? Feeling good, man. Uh, holy smokes. We are so close to getting football. We literally have a football game in what? Tomorrow, I think, on Thursday. Uh, wow. Football season is upon us, Miles. I uh, Breaking down these games and making these videos and stuff is like, it really, really, really feels real because now teams are getting ready into their fall camp and they, they're about to announce starters. Like teams where you you don't know who's going to start at quarterback, who's going to start at running back. Like this is the time. We are so real. It just feels so like, man, almost unreal, dude. This is nuts. Yeah, August is a lot of waiting around. Uh, it's a lot of previews, but before we know it, it'll be week zero in college football. Yeah. Um, so let's get started. Pac-12. <laughs> a lot of changes in the future. That's for damn sure. Uh, USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Uh, who knows what's going to happen to the conference in general at yeah. this point? Uh, a lot to talk about there. Some changes in the championship game format this year, which I think we're going to see a lot of this. They're breaking down their divisions. They're going with the top two uh, highest conference winning percentages to represent the conference in the title game, which I think is the right move. It's going to give us the best two teams uh, going at each other. Probably going to give us a great rematch, possibly. Uh, now, the scheduling is still going to be north and south. They may change that next year, which I think they should, by the way. Um, yeah. But as of right now, we do have a north and south schedule. Let's go ahead and kick it off with Oregon. We've talked a lot about Oregon in our previews, uh, in our top 25s, in our most anticipated games. Dan Lanning, first-year head coach. You know he's going to uh, come in and improve the defense. Who are we getting at quarterback? Yeah. How are we feeling about Oregon here sitting at plus 240 to win the conference? You know, Oregon's probably my option to win the conference you think about it Oregon's going to be one of the deepest teams this year what Oregon always has done well is run the ball and they do that behind a very good offensive line this offensive line is returning five starters they're turning 14 starters in total and we talked about this before the podcast start Oregon has no USC on their schedule make it even better they have Utah and UCLA both at home what's crazy about this Oregon team and it's not vindicative of what we've seen of Oregon team of late is last year they were so poor defensively allowing 27 points per game. Now they bring in Dan Lanning. I mean, this is an Oregon team who is allowing 27 points per game while still being 10 and four on the season. They bring in a Dan Lanning. Imagine if he can even put like half of the defensive skill and defensive prowess into that team that he put into uh, Georgia. I think that they are a shoe in for the conference game because of their schedule. They should steamroll this schedule. I think if you look at their schedule, there's only a couple slip up spots, Utah, on the road, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, the last game of the season, Oregon State on the road. And what I what I am slipping up about that is I think that Oregon State, we'll talk about this in a little bit, is going to be a little bit better than people expect. But, I mean, they have a pretty solid schedule. Yeah, I don't think enough people are talking about Oregon. I think that yeah. they're, uh, well, you know, except Vegas. You know, here in the odds, they're right in the mix with uh, USC and Utah to win the conference, and for good reason. As you said, the schedule is favorable. They get UCLA and Utah at home. It, it really depends on what we're going to get from Dan Lanning. I, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more yeah. I think that Lanning is a better fit than Cristobal. Now, Cristobal, recruiting-wise, did great things for Oregon. 
But I think Dan Lanning is a home run hire for a program like Oregon, who's going to be on the verge of, you know, are we staying in the Pac-12? Are we going somewhere else? Yeah. Build a defensive identity because the offense has always been there. So I'm actually very excited to see what he can do. We're to a point now where a 10-win season for Oregon last year was considered a down year. Yes. That's a good thing for this program. It's a good thing for Eugene. Now, they they had those uh, both tough losses to Utah last year. So Utah seems to be the king of the conference right now. Uh, but I think we're going to get to know them very quickly. With that game against Georgia week one, they got BYU in non-conference. So I think yeah. we're going to get a feel for this team uh, very quickly. I think Bo Nix will take the first snap of the year. I do it too. doesn't necessarily mean uh, that he'll be the quarterback throughout the season. But I, listen, I think Bo Nix is going to play well enough. I do too. This team to nine wins. I think Bo Nix is going to be like, the game has slowed down so much. Man, listen, in, in Auburn, there's so much expectation to be great, especially coming after a Cam Newton. Like, you just, they want you to be good. They want you to be amazing. Now you're the guy whose name's in the transfer portal. Going a fresh start, going overseas, going to a different conference, change the scenery. I think this helps him. When we talked about uh, Bo Nix being up for all these watch lists, it didn't make sense to me at first. And then we, then I thought about it, really. But how many quarterbacks get that change of scenery and, and just ball out? Best example I could possibly use, Joey Burrow. He got that change of scenery and he balled. Kyler Murray, balled. Baker Mayfield bald. I do think those all guys are better than Bo Nix, but listen, it makes total sense. Utah just goes out there with their little game manager and they win games. They win 11 games a season. They make it to the conference game. Transfer quarterbacks in college football are figuring out how to come in and make an immediate impact. And it's not just the players. It's the coaching that's figuring out how to take these transfers and make them immediate impacts. It's like we're in the NFL and you're signing a free agent or, or hell, even, you know, we had baseball, the trade deadline, even bringing these guys in and, and making immediate impacts. We're seeing that more often now where it doesn't take as much time for them to, to reacclimate. And we know that Bo Nix can win ball games. So yeah. when we're talking about quarterbacks in this league, yes, Caleb Williams, he's a front runner for the Heisman. You and I are high on Cam Rising at Utah, but yes. keep your eye on Bo Nix at Oregon. If, 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 if he's got a reliable defense and a solid running game, a lot of returning players and a good old line, I think this Oregon team could be very good. Now, you mentioned Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State's sitting at plus 2,000 to win the conference. For good reason, but they're showing some really good improvement under Jonathan yes. as the head coach. Five and four in the league last year. Uh, offense led the Pac-12 in yards per play. The defense is the question mark. Yes. But Oregon State could surprise some people this year. I was uh, looking, and I was like looking at Oregon State's schedule, and I was like, is there a possibility – is there a pathway for Oregon State to the conference game? You know, they, they start the season off with a freaking barn burner, welcoming Boise State, then at Fresno State. They get the bye game with uh, Montana State, then UCLA. I don't think their schedule is soft enough to start for them to realistically bring that momentum. Now, if they would have flipped their schedule around, like if they would have played Oregon, Oregon first, Arizona State next, Cal, Washington, Colorado, Washington State. I think they could carry that momentum and and maybe trip up a USC, maybe trip up a Utah. But I don't find a pathway for them making to the championship. I know that they're going to have an explosive, good offense. But when you're just getting destroyed by two very good quarterbacks and Caleb Williams and Cam Rising in back-to-back weeks, it's hard to say that you're going to have momentum to carry that into a Stanford, carry that into a Washington State. I don't think there's a pathway, but I do think they win eight or nine games, which is another improvement for Smith. As long as they just keep winning more and more games every year, they're going to get more recruits, better recruits, and they're going to really start building a winning culture. 
Yeah, and this side of the you know of the conference, this north side now, it's, it's not even a division. It's, yeah. it's up for grabs. Uh, I mean, it it really is. If we were doing divisions this year, Oregon is is steamrolling this division. Yes. Uh, so which is why they have a favorable schedule this year. Uh, yeah. Because their crossover games are are not as difficult as others. Let's talk about Washington for a second at plus one thousand. Yes. I think Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State is a great hire. Home run. Home run. Home run hire. Absolutely. This guy was waiting for his job opportunity, and it, it's really cool to see these. Uh, uh, you know, Mountain West coaches go to the Pac-12. Stay geographically. He knows yeah. the region. He knows the area. Uh, offensive mastermind, that's his strength. Washington desperately needs help on the offensive side of the ball. And having Indiana transfer quarterback, Michael Penix. Michael Penix, yes. a lot about yes. Michael Penix last year when we were talking about Indiana. He can't stay healthy. But if he can come out here and stay healthy and win the starting job, Washington could have a pretty decent offense with with talent like that at quarterback. Yeah, I was thinking about Washington a little bit because I was like, we think about this Washington team. What's one thing that's remained true even since the post-Patterson era? Their defense is always good. They always play good defense. And then last year, even though it was their worst season since, what, 2008, they still played good defense. They just didn't have an offensive identity. Now you go out there and you hire an offensive-minded head coach. If you could start to see this, it's funny because all the teams who always played good offense are now hiring defensive head coaches, and all the good teams who always played good defense are now hiring offensive head coaches. But listen, now you get a quality quarterback to come in, Michael Penix Jr. If he's healthy, I think uh, DeBoer can do very good things with him. Four and eight is a fluke, Miles. We both know that. We both know they're going to be a seven to eight win team. Now, the question is, is there enough that DeBoer can do in year one to – bring them up to a 10-win team. I don't think so, but I think there will be a lot of question marks, a lot of circle on people's schedule. Like, what happened in this game? How did they lose to Washington? Yeah. Where do you want to go next? Uh, Let's talk about – let's go to UCLA. Yeah. UCLA, my friend, at plus 900. Uh, Kind of an obvious value pick, but listen. Had a really good year last year. Yeah, I mean, 36.5 points per game. Uh, it was their biggest year under Chip Kelly. I'm a huge fan of Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet on the offensive side of the ball. It's big when you've got returning talent. Rich. Yes. At quarterback and running back, especially in this conference, where uh, that can really make a difference. I'm liking UCLA. Yeah, I like UCLA too, man. Uh, listen, 8-4 and four last season. Uh, They weren't very good defensively, but that's not Chip Kelly's MO. So when I see things like a uh, defense gets decimated with players leaving, transferring out, and graduating, I don't care. Chip Kelly's not going to win these games with defense. He's going to win them with offense. They have Dorian Thompson-Robinson coming back. Now we have to look. Schedule-wise, how is this going to impact them? Who are they playing, and where are they playing them? UCLA plays USC at home. Washington at home. Utah at home. Their road schedule is a breeze, Miles. Colorado, Oregon tough, yes. Arizona State, which could be a slip-up game, but they're sandwiched between two winnable games at Stanford and Arizona, both at home, and then Cal on the road. Like, this is a very, very sneaky team that could make it to the championship game with the the coach who has championship experience. And such a weak non-conference. I mean, they should oh my God. start this three, four, maybe even five and oh. I mean, yes. I, and, you know, say what you will. It's it's just how it fell 
with their scheduling, but I mean, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, if, 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 if you can develop that uh, momentum, you know, stay or get into the top 25, then you're heading into Pac-12 play with a lot of confidence and possibly yeah. has an undefeated team. Now, as you mentioned, they do go out of Oregon. See, that's an example of a game I think they could go in and win. I, yes. I really do believe that as, as high as I am on Oregon, but mostly because of their schedule, I think UCLA could go in and win that game. So where, you know, whereas I wouldn't say that a year ago. So I definitely think Chip Kelly has his program moving in the right direction. Yeah. To make note from a betting perspective, UCLA's win total set at eight and a half. And I think they hit eight with no problem. Now they just have to win one of the tricky games at Arizona state, um, uh, beat a Utah on the road, uh, beat Washington. One of those games they have to win or beat USC at home. Now, speaking of the darling of the Pac-12 and soon to be the Big Ten, uh, <laughs> is, is Lincoln Riley and USC uh, sitting at plus 200 to win the conference. Utah at plus 220. So it's very close yeah. uh, when you're looking at Vegas odds between USC, Utah, and Oregon as the three favorites to win the conference. Uh, really our, our, our most wide open conference of the five here between these three. And as you and I have already said in our previews, USC is the wild card of college football for this year and next. Yes. It really comes down to, is this a situation where Lincoln Riley can turn a four and eight, a four win disaster of a USC team? Can he turn that into nine wins or can he really turn that into 11 or 12 in his first year? That's really what it comes down to. It, you know, I, I compare this team a lot to that, U, that LSU team. If you remember correctly, I bet on LSU to win the conference, yep. but this does not make sense, Miles. You're telling me, a team who won four games last season, you want me to have the worst odds in the entire conference to bet on it, plus 200? When I got uh, LSU to win the conference, it was plus 800 preseason. Like, that makes more sense. I put a UFC about plus 500. Like, their schedule is, is pretty simple, you know, but they have so many trip-up spots. Washington State will play them tough because they always play them tough. Washington State – they have to. Tr- they, they host Washington State before they travel to Utah. All they're going to be thinking about is this Utah game is going to define their conference schedule. Then later in the season, this we talked about on our last podcast, they literally have to travel to UCLA before the Notre Dame game. Like they're not going and playing some slumps in UCLA. They are going to get battered and bruised all season long, especially with them having the controversy of moving and bringing in all this talent. When you want to be the best people are going to treat you like the best and want to beat the best. I cannot for the life of me. And I don't care if this gets soundbited, we come back and I feel stupid. I cannot bet on USC to win the conference at plus 200. I just can't do it, man. I think 10 wins, 10 total wins out of a possible 14 games for USC is their ceiling. That's their absolute ceiling for me. Um, I, I think it's more likely in the eight, nine win range. There's just too much to fix here, Brad. Yes. There's too much to fix. If you look at their defense, they were last, second to last, or third to last in every defensive category in the Pac-12 last year. And as good as of a defensive coordinator as Alex Grinch is, it's too much to fix in one offseason. Yes. Too much. It's With just too much. Coach, a, a, a complete culture change. I mean, we're starting from zero. The offense is going to be good. We know that. Caleb Williams yes. is, is plus 450 to win the Heisman. They've got so much talent. They got Jordan yeah. Addison from Pittsburgh. They got uh, Die from Oregon. Yeah. They're going to score. But 
there's a lot of teams playing good defense in this conference, and USC is not one of them. No. And, and you know, I heard this. I was in a meeting with Gus, Gus Malzahn, and he talked about the transfer portal in the best way possible. You know, every team are getting really good players in the transfer, transfer portal. UCF, for their conference, are kind of like a, a USC in terms of quality guys you're getting in the transfer portal. But he said the most impactful thing, the biggest thing that happens when a coach comes over and they get a bulk of new players or they're inheriting a bunch of new players is they do not know what they have until they strap up for their first game. Yeah. It is they Lincoln Riley is still learning these players. I don't care how good Jordan Addison is. Jordan Addison, no wide receiver in college football, I think right now, I can't think of one off the top of my head, is a plug and play wide receiver where you can go through and just put him on any team with any quarterback in any circumstance, and he will be an elite wide receiver regardless of circumstance. I think there's a lot that has to go right for USC to make it to this championship game. A lot. Yeah. And too much. Uh, yeah. And that, that brings us to Utah. Utah sitting at plus 220. If you want to know or get a beat on where this Utah program is, you just got to go back and watch that Rose Bowl from yes. last year. Watch the fan base. Watch how they uh, you know, were, were 70 30% compared to Ohio State fans out there. Uh, you know, see a, a Utah home game from last year. Yeah. Kyle Winningham, one of the most tenured coaches in the country. Utah is in a good place. They're being talked about and for good reason. I mean, and for good reason. They've always yes. been good defensively. They've always been good defensively. But last year, they took a step forward offensively, and you see where that led them. And yep. we've got Cam Rising at QB and Tavion Thomas, a running back, coming back in the number one offense in the Pac-12. So USC, yeah, they're going to score points. But Utah is a more complete team coming into the Yes. Conference. Yeah, I agree. I have Utah winning it all again over Oregon. And what I like about Utah – the most important thing that happened to Utah for me was them staying competitive in that Rose Bowl game. I don't think that anybody in that Utah program really cared that they lost. They went toe-to-toe and had you guys on the ropes. Had Ohio State on the ropes with the best offense in the country. That is huge. That's bulletin board material. That is stuff you remember. You know, guys, we are here. These guys are battling for a playoff spot. People say USC is battling for a playoff spot. I don't think they legitimately are. I think we expect them to be. No, this Utah team is complete, and they're very good. They have the best quarterback running back duo in football. I mean, in the Pac-12 in Rising and Thomas. I think better than Charbonnet and Dorian Robin Thompson and better than uh, Dye and, uh, and Williams. And – it could not be that at the end of the year because Williams still has a lot to prove. Now look at scheduling wise at Florida is always tough. You know, yeah. it's hard to win in Florida. Um, but look, luckily, I mean, they get a lot of games at home, uh, USC at home. Uh, and then they play, I mean, they play Oregon. That sucks at Oregon, but I think that they can come out here, win 11 games. You win 11 games, you lose one conference game. You're in this, you're in the, you're in the finals, man. You're in the finals and you're playing. And I think, this is a team that has a legitimate – this is real, Miles. I'm saying this is real as I could possibly say this. They have a legitimate shot to go undefeated this season because yeah. I look at the schedule and I look at teams they play, them versus Oregon. They prove they can beat Oregon. What they beat them last time, 38 to, to 10 in the Pac-12 championship. They proved they can beat them. seven as well. I mean, it was two oh, yeah. blowouts. Was yeah, two blowouts. Two blowouts. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about Florida yet. 
UCLA, I think that UCLA will not be able to stop them offensively. UCLA will have the home crowd, but then they get USC at home. They play Colorado at Colorado, but I'm not worried about that game because I think they know that if they have one loss or if they're on undefeated, they have something to play for, and that could potentially be a playoff spot. Yeah, I've got the same. Uh, I've got Utah winning this conference over Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I think that these are the two most established programs in the conference right now. Uh, yep. And USC obviously is a major player now, but I think they're going to be one year away. And, yeah. and I think we're going to get a feeling for for what they are this year, and then we can kind of get a read on what they're going to do next year. But I think this is Utah's conference to lose. Absolutely. It was last year. It is again this year. I mean, as we said, those two games against Oregon last year, which Oregon was clearly the second best team in the conference, just two complete blowouts. I mean, yeah. Utah is playing a brand of football that is working right now. Yes. Going toe-to-toe with Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, where they were outmatched yeah. and completely went toe-to-toe. And even though they lost that Rose Bowl game, they're using that as momentum going into this season, knowing exactly. they can compete with the best. I totally agree. I'm glad we're in agreement here. Um, I don't think I have like a – if I had a sleeper, it would have to be UCLA. Yeah, yeah. UCLA is my sleeper at plus 900. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and I don't think it's a bad pick. I think that the the way that the schedule falls, I think UCLA could absolutely find their way yeah. into the championship game. They can win 10 games. Especially if UCLA goes in Eugene and beats Oregon, it'll yes. give them the step up over that tiebreaker. And I think UCLA could win that game. So I do too. I say watch out for UCLA. I would pick UCLA to make the title game before USC. Yes, uh, 100%. So that, that would be my pecking order right now. But I've got Utah winning the whole thing. Winning Man, can you – can you just think? Can you just think about the expectation and the pressure that are on every single one of these UCF, USC players? I think this is could be like a situation where they win seven games, very disappointed. The next season they go undefeated. I think it's one of those situations because yeah, I can they can finally breathe. They can breathe after the season. All I do is get through the season and breathe. There's too much. Man. The There's too much expectation. Just way too much. you know the stars are on Hollywood again. Yeah, and 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 all these guys are new to it. I mean, you got Addison coming from Pittsburgh, where, where, you're, where, where you're getting no attention. You know, Caleb Williams got a feel for it in Oklahoma, but this is different, man. This is like the attention that Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart were getting yes. back in the day, and no one's felt that kind of attention. I mean, yep. it's a different kind of feeling. You know, back then, USC got the attention of an NFL team. You know, yeah. they were they were LA's NFL team, and, and yeah, LA's got two NFL teams now. But this is different, man. This is way different. This is USC exciting. Is you know with 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 Lincoln Riley back as head coach, it, it has changed college football. I think it, it it started the path for USC and UCLA to go into the Big Ten and have those dominoes fall into what we're going to see now. It's huge. I yeah. can't wait to have USC back in the spotlight in college football. That's how it should be. It yeah. makes the game better, but it's not their year. No, not their year. It's coming. Not their year yet. <laughs> Miles, this is good, man. I am so excited. We're back talking about college football. Every time we talk about college football, I have a good time. For those of you guys watching on YouTube, make sure you press that subscribe button. For those of you guys listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google, please rate and subscribe. Best of luck. We're almost at college football season.